I think we all have limits. You know, we all have that final straw. And I think I hit that final straw, you know, because um, I've gone through a lot of bullying and um, by far, I mean, if every single day you're dealing with physical, verbal, um, you know, you're dealing with emotional and it just, uh, it's, it's almost something I can't put into words, but I felt like it had gone on long enough that I felt like I've had enough and I won't tolerate it anymore. All right, episode one, uh, this is Aaron Solly, excited to introduce our first, first guest, Fatima Zaidi. So the, the struggles that you perhaps might relate to is that she moved around a lot as a child. Her moving around a lot as a child was uh, from different countries, not just cities within the same country, but different countries. And also having to change schools, which I know a lot of people may relate to the uh, the impact and the challenges associated with being the new kid in a school, especially in high school. And Fatima experienced uh, bullying as well, verbal and physical abuse with regard to bullying. So she's going to talk about that as well. So if you can relate to any of these struggles, this will be a good episode for you to tune into. Welcome everybody to Your Gifts Matter. Uh, we're here today with Fatima Azadi uh, from Project Instigate. She's the owner of, of this organization. She's also an acclaimed TEDx speaker. Uh, really happy to have you here today, Fatima. And uh, looking forward to uh, to hearing more about uh, your gifts and what you bring to the world. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm really excited um, to talk about how to educate, inspire, um, and guide professionals into accessing their inner gifts. And I really appreciate that you thought of me for this podcast. It's a topic that I'm very passionate about as well. Um, so thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. I'm looking forward for you to be able to share your, your story. And as, uh, you know, as we've talked about, uh, you know, we, really today we're going to take people on a bit of a journey. So we're going to go back into the past a bit. Uh, and, and this whole, uh, this whole idea is for, for our guests um, to be able, like you, to be able to share about the, you know, the struggles you've had and what you've been able to access to where you are today. So going a bit from the past, you know, specific struggles in your life. A lot of times those struggles tend to be when we're kids, doesn't necessarily have to be, but it could be, you know, in those adolescence years. And, uh, and then what were those, those, those gifts, those, uh, those gifts, those talents, abilities that you were able to access along the way. Okay. So why don't we just kick it off and, and why don't you just share a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, who you are and, and, and where you've, where you've come from. Yeah. Um, well, um, uh, my name is Fatima. You guys know that. I am um, the owner of Project Instigate. It's my organization that um, helps people with their leadership, learning, and personal growth strategy. My personal mission in life is to help inspire people to become, and also empower them to become leaders in their lives and their communities, and help them create change um, in change that is really in alignment with their values. So that's what I like to do. Um, I'm from Chilliwack. Um, however, um, from childhood to now, I have actually moved quite a bit. So I was um, born and raised in Iran. Um, I was born in Qom, and then we moved to Tehran, and we were there for quite a bit. I moved from um, Tehran to Pakistan. Um, 
in when I was around 11 and a half and 12 years old, we stayed in Pakistan for 12 years or two years. And then we came to Canada when I was around 13 years old. And we've been here since then. There was a brief period of time where, uh, you know, we went to Germany as well. It was only for a few months, but what had happened was when I was coming to Canada or when we were coming to Canada, my dad got a job in Germany, but our visa for Canada got approved at the same time. So my dad ended up having to go to Germany. Um, so we still had some income coming in and my mom, my brother and I, we came to Canada. And during summer times, my dad would come visit, but there was one summer that uh, we ended up going to Germany. And uh, one thing I didn't know, and I found out after I went to Germany, was my dad was hoping we would really like Germany and possibly stay there. So we stayed there a few months. I even went to schooling there. But for me personally, um, their education system just didn't sit well with me. And I was really wanting to graduate from my high school, which, I mean, after moving around, I finally felt like I was settling in. So we moved back to Canada and uh, my dad ended up moving there as well. And and here we are still. So that 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 experience with with going to Germany, which you thought was a vacation, uh, was it actually like um, your parents had that planned all along the way and, and, and it was just shared with you in the moment? It sounded like it. I think they were just uh, hoping it would be a vacation, but it would turn into just, you know, kids like it here. It seems good, but let's just stay here. Um, and I think one of the issues was in Germany, being there uh, for the few months that I did, it was great. Um, the one thing that I personally didn't like is um, in terms of education, a lot of people talk about how, um, you know, Germany has free education. But one thing people don't like to talk about is not everyone has access to equal education. Now, I, I don't claim to be an expert on, you know, um, education system in Germany. I was only there for a few months. So this is just my experience from going to high school there. But basically, you know, depending on how you do in elementary school, it determines which middle school you will go to. And depending on how you do in middle school, depends on which high school you will go to. And that high school will literally determine what career you end up in. So from a very young age, you know, um, if you don't excel, you may be put into an, a direction that, you know, you may not be able to reach your careers. There's some schools that if you go to them, like, I mean, getting to university from there is just, you know, re almost impossible. So what was that like to, to realize that uh, all of a sudden your schooling was, you know, was all of a sudden very structured, right? There was this all of a sudden this path that was, uh, it sounds like forced upon, uh, forced upon you that this is, you know, depending on how you, how you progress in the, in the system, like you're going to have to go a certain way. Like what was that experience like to all of a sudden know, you know, the, you know, any freedom you have of doing what you really want to do is somewhat taken away. Like, well, uh, it wasn't, uh, I knew I had a lot more potential and I, uh, to be honest, <clears throat> excuse me, as someone who was new to Germany, um, I also felt that there was a little bit of um, discrimination in terms of being put into one of the schools that weren't that great. And what happened in the school is 
um, they said, if you're new to Canada, you have to learn German before you are actually put into a class with regular kids. So all the kids that were immigrants were put into this separate class that was separate from the entire school. And in our class, we had kids all the way from grade five to grade 12 studying the same thing. And it was about you learn the language and then you get to attend the regular school, which is counterintuitive because you know, you learn faster when you're actually, you know, part of the culture and part of the language. And so it was, uh, it was, I mean, trying to teach the same course um, and making sure that kids in grade five understand it just as well as kids in grade 12 understand it. I mean, our assignments were ridiculous. Like I actually walked over to the teacher's desk to ask her a question and I see, you know, a, a picture on her desk and it had six dolphins on it and when i looked more carefully i said what is that wait that's not a dolphin that one has alligator legs that's not a dolphin that has human legs that's not a dolphin it had, you know they were all like morphed into dolphin combined with other animals and the teacher was just sitting there shocked and she's like how did you know these are dolphins and i said because i know what a dolphin looks like and so she's like, but you know, there's about almost 30 students in this class. I can guarantee you mm. not a single one will be able to pick out a dolphin. And I said, you're kidding. She's like, no, just watch. She hands out the assignment and she says, okay, your goal is to find which one of these six or eight dolphins is a real dolphin. For the next six, uh, no, for the next 30 minutes, I watched the class just scrambling, trying to figure out which one is a real dolphin. And that was the nature of our assignments every single day. So what was that like for you to, to know that, that you were unique in the classroom and being able to understand that exercise and which one was a dolphin? What did that feel like? I, I was in grade, I was in grade 10 and I felt like I'm in kindergarten. It was it was crazy. And I think it really highlights, it's like, you know, you're the average of five people you spend most time with. And that became most evident to me in that class. It's not that those students weren't smart. It's the curriculum that was being taught to them. It, it was outrageous. Like you're trying to put a fifth grader with a 12th grader and you're trying to teach them all the same thing. You end up learning shapes. What is a square? What is a rectangle? In grade 12. And by the way, this was just for people who didn't know German. Once they move into regular system, they would suddenly now, they have assimilated to this level of education, and then they'd have a second set of, you know, assimilation into learning regular curriculum. So it was, that was my main reason why I said, you know, there's no way I'm staying in Germany. I'm going back to Canada, you know, and attending a regular school. That's pretty, you know, that's, that's some great awareness for you. I don't know if I, uh, you know, in, in grade 10 would have had that initiative to say, I, this is not working and to know that, um, you know, something needs to change. That's, that says a lot about uh, who you are and, and recognizing that, that, uh, you know, you need to be part of, you know, an education environment that's good that you can thrive in, right? Today's episode is brought to you by Engage Coaching Group. And there's a resource that we provide uh, that you can access on Amazon. There's a book that I published called Engage, Connect, Grow, 52 Lessons to Guide Individuals and Corporate Teams to the Heart of What Truly Matters to Them. 
and this uh, this resource is uh, is is ultimately a self reflection tool. So if you're looking for additional guidance to access your gifts, uh, this is a great tool to do that. And uh, it, provi it provides you with 52 lessons. And a lot of them are, are based on journaling exercises. And in the book, I actually share my own personal journal entries uh, from 19, 1996 to 2014. In, if you use Kindle, uh, there's a Kindle edition, or you can get a paperback copy through there. Uh, otherwise, you can go to our website, engagecoachinggroup.com. That's E-N-G-A-G-E, -E, coachinggroup.com. Now let's get back to hear more from our guest. Yeah, and I know that uh, you know our, our conversation leading up to this, uh, this interview, you had mentioned that you'd experienced a fair bit of bullying throughout oh your school gosh. days. So can you share yeah. a bit about that? Well, you know, um, every time you're the new kid, you go through a little bit of bullying and I have changed. I mean, I think I've lost count of how many schools I've changed, um, but definitely um, going from uh, not just, uh, you know, country to country, but I've also moved within cities in the country and all of that has, it was all starting new, always being the new kid, always getting started again and always starting from scratch so when I first came to Canada, um, I was I, I didn't have language barriers because I did grow up very multilingual. So I spoke English before I came to Canada and I spoke it quite fluently. Um, I grew up with um, English, Urdu and Farsi at the same time. Wow. Yeah. And so um, when I came to Canada, um, I actually, it was more of a culture shock, right? Even like things like seeing a sky train for the first time, or, you know, I would see kids kissing in the hallway and I, and I would just stop and think, am I in a movie or something? Cause I haven't actually seen this in person, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So a lot of things were new. Um, and I think there was a lot of culture shock. There was especially a, a lot of peer pressure around dating and I wasn't comfortable dating. Um, and so I felt like uh, I went through a lot of bullying and um, just in general, understanding new system, new culture. I went through different types of bullying. Um, so uh, verbal, like just kids making fun of me just with my clothes and things like that. Um, I went through, you know, typical things where kids are, you know, being chosen last for sports team in gym kids throwing basketballs at me, not all of them, but, you know, there's always a, a particular group of bullies every time. Um, you know, in, in math class, actually, they put me in math essentials initially, but, you know, it's below principles. Principle is the standard that you need. Um, and I was just really bored in math essentials, and I really had to put no effort in, and I got straight A's, so then I was bullied for getting A's. So then I intentionally dropped my grades. So mm -hmm. I stopped getting bullied. And then I got bullied for low, for not being as smart because suddenly my grades were lower. And then the worst of all, I think, um, was um, in electronics and metalwork class. Um, 
I had a, a group of boys that would, um, you know, they would steal my stuff just because they thought it would be funny and throw it in the garbage. Um, someone would walk right over uh, and take everything off my desk and just swipe it off the desk and onto the floor. It got to a point that I actually had to wear a really big jacket with pockets in electronics and metalworks class, which wasn't safe, but it was to keep all my belongings on me at all times so they don't get taken away from me. Um, there was this one kid, he tried to actually um, clamp my hand into the welding machine and turn it on and I managed to like pull it away um, and I did go to the teacher and I said you know um, this is what happened to me and her response was well what am I supposed to do about that right and so um, it was quite uh, quite a bit of a challenge in yeah. terms of bullying for school I think that it sounds... went on for first two to three years yeah that sounds really tough like it's not yeah. a you know there's the verbal bullying it sounds like there's even there's this physical um bullying happening uh, so how did you cope like going through that like how did you um cope and it sounds like you know one of the things you had to do was to get very creative and, and wear wear that jacket so that you had all your belongings on you but you know in internally like from a mental standpoint your mental wellness standpoint like how did you cope through that and it was hard because you know when you're being bullied you feel like you can't tell anyone because if you tell someone, then bullying's going to get worse, right? Um, and I think uh, the way I dealt with bullying was um, a lot of it, I had to access my inner gifts, um, which we'll speak more about um, later as well. But, you know, just being able to, um, just being, uh, first of all, a lot of it was just resilience. Having been the new kid, so many times in so many different schools and of course this was the worst of all bullying but it wasn't the first time i was bullied mm -hmm. so i had sort of figured my way around but i also as a kid i've always kind of had a no bullshit attitude and one of the things is i i just kind of understand people and this is not what i would advise a lot of people going through bullying but one of the things i did was i very quickly realized this that if I were, um, you know, being bullied, every time I went and complained about the bully, eventually the people who are hearing me, right, they may or may not take me seriously and they may eventually start to tune me out. So I stopped telling my teachers I was being bullied and I took a notebook and I started recording all the incidents of bullying until I had like an entire note notebook full. Right. Um, I wrote down the name of the person, the time, the date, where it happened, I told them, I wrote down exactly their words, like word by word. And when I had like almost a booklet full of like, you know, evidence of bullying, I walked into the counselor's office and I submitted that. And a lot of it had to do, it, it took a lot of courage on my part to do that because um, I knew what was coming after that. Because as soon as you tell on, a, on the bully, it actually gets worse. It, it does, that's, you know, um, but I think it's really, important to be persistent and to set your boundaries and not let people walk all over you and i think that's something i learned from just going just you know going through so many different schools it's something that um it came from a place of just being fed up you know i got to a point where i was like i'm done this is enough it's not gonna happen anymore so what um, changed so what how did you get to that 
that point? How did you get to the point to, to say, I'm, I'm done, I'm fed up with this? Like, what, what actually changed for you to realize that you needed to, um, to take a different stand? Um, because nothing else was changing. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a really good question. So what uh, me, got me to the point of, I think we all have limits. You know, we all have that final straw. And I think I hit that final straw, you know, because um, I've gone through a lot of bullying and um, by far, I mean, if every single day you're dealing with physical, verbal, um, you know, you're dealing with emotional and it just, uh, it's, it's almost something I can't put into words, yeah. but I felt like it had gone on long enough <clears throat> that I felt like I've had enough and I won't tolerate it anymore. But I don't think it just came to that. I think a lot of it has to do with the values that I grew up with and what I was taught. You know, I was taught to fight back. I was taught to not be the victim. And I think it has a lot to do with mindset as well. So, for example, um, I, I have never, ever, ever seen myself as a victim of anything. So someone might say, uh, oh, you were a victim of bullying. And I immediately stop them. And I say, no, I was bullied, but I was never a victim mm. of bullying. Right. It's how you, how you think of it. And I have, it's, it's a character trait I've had uh, from a young age. And it's because of, you know, just the family values that I grew up with, but I never, uh, it, I, I, it's about taking control of your power. Um, and it has to do with your mindset and the confidence. Um, and, you know, you hear often, you know, fake it till you make it. And there's a lot of debate about, um, you know, whether or not that's good or bad, whether that's authentic. And I can, I can actually think of many scenarios in which I had to say, you know, I had to fake it till I made it. Um, fake it like I wasn't afraid of bullies, fake it like I wasn't in any danger, um, you know. And sometimes I had to exaggerate my emotions to get the counselor, the teacher to really get attention towards the fact that I was, you know, being bullied. And so um, a lot of that happened, but I think it comes down to mindset and it comes down to the values that I grew up with. Yeah, and um, I hope I answered your question. For sure, for sure. I'm curious if you look back and reflect on on the experience you've had around bullying and and that in your life. Like, would would you actually um, fake it still, or would would you have to take a different approach? Hmm. Um. Well, first, uh, in terms of my confidence, my resilience, and um, just. Uh, what I did and how I handling how I handled bullying, um, I I didn't fake it. But mm. what I had to fake was, um, uh, I guess you know when in the moment of being bullied, faking that I'm not afraid, faking that I'm not scared. I think yeah, I I would I still would I have to say you know I actually there were there was a time when I was considering. Um, being a correctional officer because I did my degree in criminology. Mm -hmm. And so I took a job as a security guard. And um, in my job, I was put on a site that was still under construction. 
Um, there were no lighting there. I was the only person working alone at night. That was a place where, um, you know, not to go into too much depth, but I started getting followed by this guy who was a drug dealer and a pimp. And, um, you know, he was also a murderer. I found out later that he had murdered someone on that site and he had started following me. And to get through that shift, I had to fake it till I made it. I walked around with a fake, well, not a fake walkie-talkie. It was a real walkie-talkie. just didn't work. I just pretended to have conversations on it. You know, like I wasn't alone um, on the site. I had to walk with confidence, even though I had, like my whole body was just shaking from fear. I had to call backup. They came, the person disappeared, then they left again. Right. So I dealt with this. And the next day I talked to my supervisor and I said, it's not safe for me to work here anymore. And I have to leave. So when I say fake it until you make it, I really want to emphasize that I'm not telling people to not be authentic, be genuine. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not saying like if you're a working professional or if you're a business owner, you know, you need to be authentic in your marketing. You need to be true to who you are. For me, that really only worked in a, in a situation where I was genuinely in danger. Um, faking yeah. confidence got me through a lot of those really fearful moments and some people wouldn't even say fear or call it fear but i don't want to get into that debate and i think in extreme situations like that that really helped me yeah and you know and what i hear you saying um when, you, when you're talking about faking it till you make it i hear you saying that you um you embrace the qualities of who you actually wanted to be and who, mm -hmm. who you are right and and so that you you essentially shifted your beliefs that right now in this moment, I am confident, right? I am resilient, uh, you know, and it, in some ways it can be, yeah, it can be, be looked at as faking it, but really you're actually empowering and embracing those qualities uh, as though you own them. And, and then yes. and, and in a sense you do own them. Right. And it's just uh, shifting the belief that you, in that moment you can and uh, embrace that confidence and that resiliency, yes, um, creativity or whatever it be. Yeah. I, I think that's that's very true because for me, because having gone through some of these traumas, yeah. it's really hard for me to describe them and explain them and be able to <clears throat> put them very, um, or in the best words, I guess, because, you know, as I'm describing these, I do feel like I'm living through them a little bit. So trying to think through, okay, what really happened? And at the same time, trying to put that into the best words possible is a bit of a challenge in itself but i think i really do believe that it ha it comes down to the fact that i was always a very like I, I was um i developed the skill of being confident as a child because of moving around so much and having to start all over every time i felt like okay now things aren't going to change and i think that created a certain level of confidence in me but mm -hmm. also you know, I was continuously pushed outside of my comfort zone. And so it became something that I became quite comfortable with because I, if I did it enough times that I wasn't afraid of change anymore. I wasn't afraid of uncertainty anymore. Yeah. And I became more, because the environment around me changed so much, there was something very consistent within me and who I was that I started to notice more and more of. For sure, yeah, let's let's talk more about that. So if you were to, uh, and I'm, I'm curious if you wanna highlight some of these family values that you talked about earlier, but mm -hmm. the actual, 
the gifts and these talents and abilities that, that you access, and I know you've, you've, you've alluded to them already, and, and it'd be good just to uh, share them again, is, you know, what, what, are, what is internal to you that um, you, you were able to access throughout uh, your life and, and, and continue today that, uh, that, you know, are truly gifts in the moments of those struggles, right? Um, so I think one of my gifts um, has been that, uh, you know, uh, just developing. And, and yeah. here's the thing. I, I don't believe that we're just, you know, there are certain things that, you know, genetic, but most are environmental. And I don't believe that I was born with any of these traits. I mean, these are things that were just developed over time, um, just having gone through the struggles that I did. But overall, I think I also always surrounded myself with the right people. I surrounded myself with good mentors and a lot of these were just learned behaviors like how I watched my dad go through certain challenges I how I watched different family members as a child and then as I started growing up with finding the right teachers to be mentors finding the right friends and kind of taking their best quality on and it's how did you know how did sorry to interrupt you mm -hmm. how did you know to surround yourself by by others was it was it just watching your dad it was it was people who i i saw something about them and they genuinely inspired me and i thought you know what i want to be more like that person so what can i do to be around them more you know so what quality what quality do you possess to know to do that um i think one of those is self-efficacy for example, my belief in being able to execute things and getting things done, that okay. I've definitely learned from my dad. Um, mm -hmm. Another one I've, uh, like, this is, um, you know, this is a specific skill as opposed to deeper quality, but I'm going to say public speaking. I grew up watching my family members, especially my dad, doing public speaking from a very young age. It was completely normal for me. For me, public speaking wasn't something scary. Well, not that, you know, it doesn't make me nervous, but the thing is, I grew up watching it so much that, um, you know, it became a normal thing for me. And it just, it's something I just always knew I will do. And I never really thought about it. So the first time ever, uh, I actually started public speaking at the age of seven, seven, seven and a wow. half. And um, that was the first time I spoke in front of my school's assembly and at that time I was just hooked. So, and I think that public speaking as a skill and just being able to stand up in front of people and be able to deliver a message and having the right um, mentors in my life, like especially my dad, to model that for me on how to do it well um, has had a huge influence on me. And then through this skill, doing it over and over again, because public speaking has been uh, one of the, one of my it's actually one of my favorite it it is my most favorite thing to do i love being on stage i love i feel the most authentic the most genuine i feel the happiest when i'm uh, public speaking and a lot of my skills around be having self-efficacy having confidence um having you know uh having the courage to try something different it's all come from that so um it did start as um you know me surrounding myself with people who just did that on a regular basis and i think the best way to maybe 
try something new or to push yourself outside your comfort zone is to dive right in and throw yourself in an environment. So let me, let me provide a more practical example. Okay. Let's say you want to reach a goal. Okay. Um, now I mentioned earlier, you're an average of five people you spend most time with. And I, I find myself saying this a lot, but think outside the people you're physically around. What about your social media? Who's your Facebook friend? Who are you subscribing to YouTube? Who are you, what Facebook groups have you joined? Um, who are you following on Instagram, on LinkedIn? All those people are influencing you at this moment, even more so than people who are physically around you, right? Because we- Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. There's something to be said about, you know, the music that we, that we listen to, the, the movies that we're watching, the books that we're reading, the, uh, the news that we're um, subscribing to like all that stuff impacts our environment. Right. So that you're, you know, I, I hear you that, that that's really good information for people to be aware of. And on uh, the public speaking front, like it's not a, it's not a, uh, a natural thing for most people. And it, uh, for you to say that you love it, like that's amazing. And there's, uh, you know, the qualities to access, to do that, as you said, like the confidence, uh, the courage, because a lot of people and, and myself included, I struggled with it for, for many years uh and i'm curious like do you still get do you still get nervous when you speak or do you just do you step into it and you, and you are fully confident uh when you get up there and present or um so when it comes to public speaking now it when it comes to public speaking i do feel like i got lucky having family members who do public speaking and i grew up watching them so that's a privilege that i've had um it's not that i don't get nervous i i reframe it as excitement right so for example even when i was younger what was nervousness i i i was never introduced to the concept of nervousness right um and so i always thought i'm excited and now i realize oh i'm actually nervous and now i hear public speaking coaches and they're telling you to actually reframe it as excitement and I'm like, well, I've been doing that all my life. You've already been doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's so it's uh, I feel yeah, there's something to be said about that because the, the um, the feeling of excitement and the feeling of nervousness mm -hmm. can be can be the, the same thing, right? But let me and, say and, this. And you're right. Let me say this for people who have not grown up with public speaking, right? It's we get too deep into our heads. Like for me, um, if you think about it, I I didn't I wasn't really introduced to the concept of nervousness around public speaking, so. I didn't think I had it, right? And so when you are afraid of public speaking, you know, think about how powerful our mind is and how easily you can actually reframe that. Now, I can't obviously make you um, unknow something that you already know, but really like whether it's meditation, whether it's something else, like you don't have to be born in a family that does public speaking. You don't have to be, have grown up public speaking since the age of seven. But what you can take out of this is the mindset piece, right? It's a mindset that was put in my mind as a child. It was something that was made normal for me. So what can you do to make it normal for you, right? Can you make more friends that do public speaking? Can you push yourself outside your comfort zone to be doing more public speaking? impromptu public speaking will definitely boost your confidence and yeah. the more you do it the more confident you'll get and you'll be able to get there right you like yeah that's great great advice Fatima I really appreciate that because that uh 
that can really help people and and it, it, that may want to be doing that because I know for myself I was uh, you know looking at going to a Toastmasters group for probably five years and and you know searching for one and then when the time came to actually attend one I just I would just not go right I would not attend uh, and it wasn't till somebody highlighted the fact that if you go to a meeting you don't actually have to present you can just be there as a guest and just watch and that that enough was the comfort for me to know that okay uh, I can just go there and see see what the environment's like before I have to participate so mm -hmm. um, so I would love to hear uh, more about like you know we're going through the COVID-19 global pandemic right now um, so how are you you know why don't you highlight how you're helping helping people you know with the, with the products and services you provide during this time and uh, and beyond well, um, for example, right now, one of the things I'm doing is I'm organizing online seminar, uh, seminars on different topics that are related to leadership and personal growth. Um, we organized one on self-care. We organized one on letting go of fear and focusing on things you can control and things you can't. And our most recent one was around how to build genuine human connection. Um, I have a couple more coming around. Uh, the information on those will be out on my website and on Project Instigate's um, page soon. But one of the things I'm doing to help people through this pandemic is organizing online seminars that they can attend to help them get out of their mind, to shift their focus on something positive for a change. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that is the main thing that's happening for me right now. Yeah, so you're, it sounds like you're, you're helping with what you talked about earlier about that mind shift, right? That mindset shift mm -hmm. and uh, and helping people who may you know may be looking to embrace the these qualities that uh, and gifts that you have around resiliency and courage and creativity is what I'm hearing mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and this knowing that you know you can believe in 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 the uh, you know the abilities that you you want to embrace right and you can actually access them it's just it's just shifting that that mindset around it right okay. so how can people find you how can people find you online and uh learn more about these uh these sessions that you're doing so you can find me a few different ways you can uh find uh, my business project instigate right there i'll move to the side so you can see it right. um so you can find it on uh facebook project instigate you can also go to my website which is projectinstigate.com um, and, you know, you can email me as well, which is Fatima, F-A-T-I-M-A dot Zaidi, Z-A-I-D-I at projectinstigate.com. Perfect. Perfect. So just to, to close things out, is there, uh, you know, one, one key thing, one key message you'd want to leave with, uh, with our audience today? Yeah, I'm going to, the one thing I want to leave with is, you know, don't be afraid of trying new things. And to be honest, if you have any kind of fear or anxiety around something, um, the only way to get it over with is to jump right into it. And it's not that you're hiding your, it's not that your fear isn't there. It just, you know, um, and I and I think I, when I say you know uh, positivity is great, but I there's something I don't like where, about sometimes it going too far where it doesn't acknowledge genuine human emotions. So I'm not gonna say be positive. What I'm gonna say is you're going to be afraid, and acknowledge that fear, right? And tell yourself I am afraid, but it's okay. You know I, I'm still choosing to try this, or you know whatever kind of 
the language works for you. You can craft something that works for you, but acknowledge your fear, but then tell yourself that you're going to do it anyways. But, and when that voice in the back of your head starts talking and says, what if it doesn't work? What if this happened? What if this happens? Then you say, well, there's only one way to find out. And that's by doing it. And you just go ahead and do it. And I learned this by moving around so much in my life. I was continuously forced into um, circumstances outside my comfort zone um, in a way that, you know, I didn't choose to. I was forced into it. The, the choice, I feel like that's a big thing. I value choice because I feel like most of my life choice was taken out of me. Um, but, you know, yeah. So, yeah. So jumping in and making the choice to, uh, you know, jump into things that make you afraid. Um, so let's say we have somebody that's listening that that does want to, uh, you know, enhance their public speaking skills and they've been really fearful of doing it. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if jumping into it is, um, is needed, uh, probably what I'm hearing you saying is it doesn't necessarily mean jumping into it means going out and talking in front of a hundred people right off the bat. So if somebody is, is wanting to uh, improve their public speaking skills, what is that first step? What is the a simple step that they can take to jump into it? Showing up to a Toastmasters meeting. Um, so what you want to do is you want to build stack successes on top of each other. I'm not saying the first time around, go speak in front of a thousand people. I mean, if yeah. you do, I, I'm proud of you, right? right Good right, job. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you want to build successes, not failures. So the first step is showing up to a meeting. Second step is maybe speaking at that meeting. And then here's what I see a lot of people get caught up in, in Toastmasters. They end up becoming comfortable with their Toastmasters group and they become okay with public speaking in that group but then they never leave that group. Don't get comfortable. Get out and do public speaking in the real world outside of that Toastmasters group. You know, yeah. go to business or just general networking events. Um, maybe walk up to a stranger and say hi to them. The next time you go to a place where there's a group of people, don't go straight to the friends you know. Walk over to someone you don't know and introduce yourself. All these things will build confidence. You don't have to build confidence by standing on a straight, like on a stage. Every day, little things you're doing to push yourself outside your comfort zone and speaking to people will get you there. Sounds great. Well, I really appreciate uh, uh, your time today, Fatima, and and sharing your uh, sharing your story. You shared a lot about uh, your story, which you know not a lot of people are comfortable doing that. And I really appreciate you uh, bringing you know, bringing all of you to here today and, and, uh, and being able to highlight those true gifts, those inner gifts that, that, uh, that you accessed all along the way. And it sounds like are accessing, uh, even today. And again, really appreciate, uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you, Aaron. I'm actually really glad that I came today as well. And actually, if it's okay, I did want to, to any of your listeners, I wanted to offer a one hour success strategy session. So if it's public speaking or reaching any kind of goals that um, you want to achieve, you know, if you send me an email, um, you know, at Fatima.zaidi at projectinstigate.com. And just let me know that you came here from Aaron's podcast. I will offer you a free success strategy session. That's great. Great. Thanks again for your time. Okay. You're most welcome. Thank you. Aaron Saul here. Really appreciate you listening to this episode. And uh, if you like what you hear, uh, 
feel free to get to rate uh, rate this podcast uh, to help us in our rankings to be able to reach more people. And if there's people that uh, that you really think could benefit from the interview that uh, that you've just listened to, uh, you know, share on social media, uh, share with your your friends and your colleagues, and uh, and any support you can provide just to get the the message out there. Uh, these interviews are happening, and uh, there's tons of benefit there to to help people, uh, you know, shift their perspective, shift their their life, so they can access those uh, those gifts and and embrace the fact that they truly do matter and uh, are valuable for uh, for others to to witness. Thanks so much for uh, for listening.